Hello and welcome to another episode of the Twist My Arm podcast. My name is Josh and I'm your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm network. You can find updates on all your favorite TMA shows by visiting www.twistmyarmpodcast.com. You can follow the TMA podcast on Twitter by searching at TwistMyArmCast. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search TwistMyArmPodcast. We go live every other Wednesday for the Marvel Canon Madness podcast, every Friday for the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, and most other days we're streaming games or doing something on the webs with, I don't know, you guys, hang, hanging out with, with all of you lovely listeners. Um, find all of our live podcasts and game streams on Twitch. Just search for TMA Games, all one word, and subscribe to get notifications for all the times we are live. We now have a store. You can purchase merch for any of the shows on our network. Twist My Arm, Sun But Inevitable, Marvel Can of Madness, Best Flicks with Ricky D, and now uh, The Intrepid DM Journeys, Quest Me, all sorts of things. You can get any merch for those shows. Just head to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash TMA dash store. And you can support your favorite TMA network podcast. Um, on this week's episode, I sit down with Jason from the Made You a Mixtape and It's Not That Bad podcasts. We talk about a whole slew of different things from Canada to podcasting to sports and just all sorts of fun things. Um, be sure to listen to both of Jason's podcasts and follow them on Twitter at the MYAM podcast and at Not That Bad cast. You can find links to episodes right there on those pages or in the show notes of this episode next week we have members of the podcast that wouldn't die on to talk about their show and much more i'm sure um but that that'll be a good time um i want to thank you all for your continued support and listens and downloads of the twist modern podcast and everyone involved in the network and i hope you all enjoy this week's episode of the Twist My Arm Podcast. Um, how, how are things up in, uh, what is it, Canada land? Here in Canada, right? Uh, just outside of Toronto, yeah. It's uh, it's not too bad up here. I can't really complain. You know, I, okay. uh, band got to play our first show in a year and a half last weekend, so it's been nice to get back to live music. Heck yeah! Um, have you were you born and raised up in Toronto? Canada? Yeah, so I was so I was born in Ottawa, and then I moved to Toronto about uh, oh, twenty years ago. So, okay, what uh, what province is that in? We're on Ontario. Ontario, okay. It's Calgary. What's Cal- where's Calgary? Calgary's Alberta, so that's more on the west coast. Yep, I've been to Calgary. And I was at some other, <laughs> maybe Saskatchewan. Well, maybe? yeah, so, so it goes from the West Coast. You got BC, that's for, you know, it's Vancouver and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got Alberta, so it's Calgary and Edmonton, Saskatchewan, then Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, and then you got the 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 Maritimes kind of all on top of each other. <laughs> okay, okay, I've been there a couple times, just not not very often. But I I was in North Dakota and we crossed over to Canada. I don't know. <laughs> Can't go Calgary. Calgary's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Calgary was a lot of fun. That was a that was an old youth group trip actually that we <laughs> took up there with the old church. Um, but that was a that was an interesting time for sure. I my girlfriend I was she was just asking me who are you interviewing today. I was like oh Jason from uh, 
you know, made you a mixtape. He lives up in Canada. And she's like, have him convince you to move to Canada. So <laughs> convince me to move to Canada. <laughs> okay. So, well, if I have to convince you to move to Canada, no, it's, it's, um, let's this way. Do you like cheese curd? Yeah. 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 Okay. On French fries with gravy. You mean poutine? I love oh, poutine. yes. <laughs> you can't go wrong with poutine. Um, also, ketchup potato chips. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Reese, not Reese's. It's Reese, Yeah. Right? Not to mention coffee crisp. I don't think I ever had coffee oh, crisp. That sounds delicious. Best though. chocolate bar ever. Like, bar none. Every time I go down to the States, I'm like, it's, all, it's great down here, but there's no coffee crisp. Yeah, some you'd have to order order off the internet i'm sure which is funny because up here though like anytime i go down to the states i'm always on the lookout for rc cola because you can't get that up here anymore oh it used, yeah it used to be like a staple with you know you order a pizza it came with rc cola and then it like just disappeared and i was down in louisville um for for a concert mm. and you know i'm like okay i was gonna go to the gas station it's gonna grab a, a pop or whatnot and i walk in it's like oh, there's rc cola here Mm-hmm. And, my, and my wife hates it she calls it ghetto cola but i'm just like nope <laughs> no this is the stuff <laughs> that's funny my mom was huge into rc cola and i i was not the biggest fan it's it's a little more nostalgic nowadays than anything i could imagine i could imagine it's still the best cola you you, you think so really oh, yeah. even over even over like pepsi you like it better than pepsi <laughs> if, okay so you put a gun to my head i'm taking pepsi over coke Okay. And, you know, and all of that, you know, before, you know, over tab, if tab still exists. I don't think it does. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Or Jolt Cola. Jolt. Oh, my goodness. They brought that (laughs) back for like a day and then somebody had another heart attack on it. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like, we're not going to do that anymore. It was a fun day. We had some fun. People got hurt. Right. Right. No more Jolt. A little more. A couple, probably a couple uh, lawsuits, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, man, so how's the uh, how's the uh, COVID situation up there? Are you guys able to do anything yet, or it's uh, it's it's interesting? It's, we're we're entering the fourth wave right now. We're kind of in it. The nice thing is is that there the the double vaccination rate is actually fairly high. I think in this province we're at about last I checked, and my numbers might be slightly off. But I think we're d- double vaccinated. I think we're close to seventy five percent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's things are kind of getting back to normal. But again, we are seeing um, we're seeing cases on the rise because we are trying to open things up. We are trying to kind of get back to that sort of normal. But it's one of those things where you do see breakthrough cases. You are seeing some people who aren't um, aren't fully vaccinated. They're catching it. And we're, we're worried about the kids, too. You know, mm-hmm. school starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, obviously the vaccine is not approved for those under 12. So, you know, there's, there are worries there and we're hoping that, uh, that, that doesn't get shut down. Yeah. For, do you have any kids? I do. I do both school age. Um, you know, the oldest is double vaccine. So, and the youngest one is too young. So sure. Sure. Are you keeping the youngest out or anything? Or are you just sending them with a mask? And... Uh, all the schools are going to have mask mandates here. Like it's okay. the, the idea of masks. I mean, you do see the occasional protest, but it's nothing, nothing major up here. Like he wears a mask. He's fine with the mask. It's all good. Right. You don't have people fighting it 
constantly. Uh, you, you see it here and there, but again, nothing crazy. Like nothing yeah. really crazy. Like the incidents are few, far between, and you know, very isolated. That's the that's the calm from Canada right there. It's all that weed <laughs> you guys got up there. It's legal. It's I legal. Know. <laughs> I uh, I work for a company that's actually owned by a Canadian company. Okay. So they they own a bunch of dispensaries throughout America, and they just bought up our company this last year. So. But they're awesome. I mean, I was so excited when I found out that Canada was buying our dispensary. I was like, this is great. <laughs> well, I, I heard that there's a craft brewery up here that that's infusing CBD into a craft beer. Okay. And I mean, I love me a craft beer. Absolutely yeah. love me a craft beer. And that's uh, that I'm curious to taste that now. Yeah. Are you uh are you a fan of the CBD, the marijuana? You know, I've never, I, I mean, I, I have smoked marijuana in the past, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't smoked anything, like anything, not even cigarettes in about 13 years. I went cold oh, turkey. Wow. So you haven't smoked anything legally then. It's liberating. <laughs> <laughs> I am freeing it from its from its plant plant prison. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, I, uh, how, how is that actually affected like canada up there because i know that like within colorado whenever marijuana was legalized it it really helped us as far as you know rebuilding our roads we did a bunch of you know rebuild a bunch of schools stuff like that what are you guys doing up there with with that kind of revenue you know what's funny i haven't actually really looked at 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 that because if you 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 don't really look you know smoke it then you probably don't really care about it and, and and that's the interesting thing is that you know when the legislation was passed, you know, I think we all kind of gave a very Canadian meh. You know, it was it was it was passed. It was there. It's legal, and it's one less thing for people to worry about. Um, yeah. You know, if the money, of course, everything was kind of legalized, and then everything went into lockdown. So it was very much like, well, if that money goes to help fund the hospitals, if that money goes to fund infrastructure, and if that money can actually help at the end of this, you know, get everything kind of back to at least the financial normal as mm. far as far as government goes, that will be great. You know, you, you don't see anyone really complaining about it up here. It's it's refreshing because it's just like it you could have people complain about it, you could have people go nuts about it, but they don't. They don't it's just a fact of life. Okay. They, they yeah. smoke pot. Doesn't matter. Right. That's that's that big difference right there. See, you're just convincing me through this little discussion to move to Canada. <laughs> well, there you go. We uh, we have like secret shoppers now coming in with like cameras sticking out of their shirts and uh, ask like trying to get people to answer questions the wrong way and like sending it to the internet and being like, oh, they're misinforming and it's terrible, man. It's like it's uh it's like moms against drunk driving, except. Karen's against weed, I guess. <laughs> Cow. See, I mean, here's the thing. You know, I, I, I fully understand that there, there is an opiate crisis, you know, in the States oh. and in Canada as well. Absolutely. And, you know, but, you know, when have you ever heard someone say, you know, you know, person died from smoking pot ever. The, o- <laughs> the, the only casualties from pot smoking is a bag of double stuff Oreos. 
that's yeah. about it yeah you know like 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 rest in peace to the oreo bag that's all <laughs> but but you don't but, even see many driving accidents as much i mean you do of course because people that get too stoned will get in accidents but yeah and and there is uh there, there are campaigns like you could see like before there was the you know the, the the don't drink and drive campaign now there's the don't smoke and drive campaigns and mm-hmm. i'm you know it's important to get that out there that that messaging yeah has to be there because no you should not get behind the wheel of a car if you are impaired um you know whether it be by drugs or whether it be by alcohol but you know there's one thing too if the money made you know by the government from legalizing weed can help with the opiate crisis problem solved hopefully huge hopefully yeah um so being uh being in toronto are you a sports fan at all do you watch the raptors or the blue jays or anything uh you know it's funny um even though i live in toronto um i'm an ottawa senators fan okay. um, right. which which is not exactly the um the best place to be because there was a long time when toronto and ottawa you know they're, they're still kind of rivals but there was a stretch where you know ottawa and toronto played each other in the playoffs i think like four out of five years straight and Ottawa never beat them. Yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa could have had the better team in the regular season. Ottawa never beat them. It was frustrating. <laughs> but then the first, yeah. but but then that first lockout happened. You know that that two thousand four to two thousand five lockout, and you know since then, Ottawa has at least been to the Stanley Cup final. They lost, but at least they've been to the Stanley Cup final. And Toronto hasn't even made it out of the first round of the playoffs. And there was a good stretch where they never made it into the playoffs. So, you know, it like came out on top there for sure. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, we're at a bit of a rebuild right now, but it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. But I mean, as far as sports goes, um, yes, fan of hockey. Uh, so I was going to say, ho- I didn't ask about hockey because I know that in Canada, hockey is like just life, right? Hockey well, like, is just, oh, exactly. You are born with a stick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was not born with a stick, actually. I am. Um, okay. <laughs> my, my favorite winter sport is hibernation. Um, that's sure, about it, sure. right? But when it comes to football, my team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, interesting. I, okay. We have the we have the CFL up here, and mm. nope, not good. I I just don't watch it. And and the funny thing is, is that you know, as much as we have that up here, it's like no, I'd rather come home, watch Doctor Who, or watch something Marvel. Like I'm I'm very much a geek at heart. Okay, you know, I'm I'm a geek <laughs> and a music guy at heart. So. I mean, the senators are on TV. Great, I'll watch it. Yeah, you know? sure. But I don't go out of my way to watch it. Right. Yeah, yeah. we have a, an issue down here with the Avalanche, the old Nordiques, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but they uh, are uh, broadcasting people to own the Avalanche. They are in a feud with our cable company, and so for the last two years, we haven't been able to watch the Avalanche or the Nuggets on well, that's TV. Al- that's Altitude Sports, isn't it? Altitude Sports, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have blocked all of those. Like, you can't watch it on Comcast or uh, Dish or anything, um, which is crazy because I, I have people that live in California. They're like, man, did you see the Nuggets game? It was awesome. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Because our state hates us for whatever reason. <laughs> and and it's it's sad too because you know, from what I've seen from Altitude Sports and their broadcast, they've got a good broadcast. They do. Um, you see some you know, you see some arenas and you just don't want to watch the games there. Mm-hmm. Like like Colorado, great arena, great broadcast, it's all good. 
Boston, uh, Nesson has it down pat. The Islanders. I just, I'm not a Boston fan. I just. <laughs> but, but but as far as their broadcast goes, their broadcast sure, yeah, is yeah. on point. Uh, watching games at the Nassau Coliseum for uh, for the Islanders, or oh. or watching any game at a Madison Square Garden. Now, I I know, and I'm talking about a broadcast. Like I'm sure if you're there at Madison Square Garden, it's great, it's phenomenal, it's it's epic. But if you're watching it on TV, because of the way it's lit, it's very hard. To, you don't get the sense of the crowd that's there, and it kind of takes away a little bit from it. MSG is a phenomenal broadcast network, and their broadcasts look good. I just, I've never liked the way that arena looks. It's, yeah. just, it's just a weird, like on a broadcast, like it's just one of those weird things. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I I, I love altitude out here. I love all of the the radio station the i love going to the pepsi center all that stuff but i'm about at that point where i need to boycott it because i'm paying for this cable service so i can watch these games <laughs> and i still came and we had a playoff game blacked out last year how are you gonna block a playoff game from you know colorado everyone else in the world could watch it except denver it was crazy i don't it it, it threw me for a bit of a loop because you know all of a sudden, local Fox sports stations are like, we're Bally Sports. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, when did that happen? You know, I mean, I obviously, you know, once you look into it, but I it's weird. It's not even Pepsi Center. It's Bally or Ball Arena by, yeah. by Bally, I think. It's, it's, it's one of those weird things. But I think in, in a weird way, the broadcasts and the graphics package made it look better than what Fox Sports was doing at the time. I, I don't know what, what it is about it, but the presentation's a lot fresher. Cameras, maybe. Mm. I, I, I think it's, I think it actually wants to be with the graphics package and the score bug. The the Fox Sports oh. original score bug always seemed kind of bland and dark and hard to see at a time. Uh, the Bally's one, I think, actually looks great. It's clear, like, it doesn't, you know, it's not obtrusive to the broadcast. Right. Yeah, I, I, you know that's funny. I, I never really pay attention to that stuff. You you must do some sort of broadcasting. What do you? I am a professional sports video editor, actually. Oh, okay. I, I hold work... up. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so so you don't watch a lot of sports, but you're a sports broadcast editor. Uh, that is correct. Wow, I guess you know. I guess that makes sense. A lot of a lot of uh, like studio producers don't really do a lot of music, but for they for the. Music. For the last 20 years, I have worked in national sports television up here. Um, before, you know, when I started it, I was one of the guys cutting highlights. Now I actually cut promos for, for the network that I work at up here. And I also teach at a, at a school that does sports broadcasting. Okay. And are you teaching broadcasting? I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm one of the editing teachers. Teaching broadcasting? That's not a real thing. Come on, Josh. Oh, you would. Oh, you, you, you take my class. I'll make you work. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm down. I'm, uh, I'm really really thinking about going to the uh, Colorado Broadcasting School here soon. Just just because I love podcasting, I've always loved like radio and stuff, and I just would like to get into that a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Working in working in the dispensary is great and all, but I don't want to be in retail for you know the rest of my life. So the 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 one thing I, I always tell people when it comes to at least with editing is the best way to learn how to make good TV is to watch good TV. Mm -hmm. You know, because you start to pick up little things here and there. And, and as you watch it, 
you know, you stop watching it like a, a TV viewer and you start watching it like a broadcaster and you start looking at things that you didn't notice before. And then all of a sudden you can no longer watch television the same way. It's like sports, right? Before, yeah. before you watch sports as a sports fan. Afterwards, you start watching sports as a broadcaster and you start looking at different things, how the cameras may or may not be properly weight balanced, how things are cut and all that. And you can't not see it after, you know, after studying television right. and broadcasting for a while. Right. And, you know, so I'm just going to warn you, if you do go to broadcasting school, you will never watch television the same way again. You have and been forewarned. <laughs> man, that's okay with me. I, I already don't watch TV the same. I've ruined it for my girlfriend because... You know, when you watch reruns of shows, they're always trying to cut out as much little bit of time as they can. So you notice a lot of times in theme songs, there's little bits that are sped up here and there. Mm -hmm. um, it happens a lot in South Park, in The Office. Um, I watch a lot of Comedy Central. But <laughs> <laughs> like in those shows, um, you'll you'll hear the, the theme songs um, be choppier because they're taking out those little split seconds of time so they can fill those those commercial gaps which is crazy yeah it's yeah. time time stretching or time compressing mm -hmm. and i know they would do that with um uh, star trek the next generation when they when they yes. would do the uh you know uh, now it's in syndication but i mean i remember there was a there was a kerfuffle down in the states because uh one of our networks up here there was cbc um they were showing home alone too and if you remember okay. Home Alone 2, there was a scene. It's a very short scene where, you know, Macaulay Culkin is at Trump Tower and he meets Donald Trump, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And movies, any movie, you know, they will occasionally take a scene out or something like that if, A, it doesn't affect the storyline and it makes it fit time. So even before he was president... Mm. They had taken that scene out because it it really didn't matter to the grand scope of the movie itself. It was it was right. a, a fun little cameo at the time, right? He's in New right. York. Here's Trump, right? But they took it out, and then somewhere along the way, I guess someone made a thing of it. it's like, you know, they showed Home Alone two, and Trump's not in there, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> like, no, they they took that out a long time ago. I'm 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 sorry you feel that way, yeah. It, and it's 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 unfortunate that it. it got blown up like that but it's just like it's an innocent yeah. thing where they're trying to make it just fit the time <laughs> i think it's uh i think there's actually a disclaimer at the beginning of most of those movies that says edited and cut for tv exactly you know the, so, the, this, this film has been altered <laughs> from the original to fit broadcast you exactly know? nothing yeah, my, nefarious just trying to make a fit time exactly and it's been like that forever uh my my dad is actually the one that turned me on to that whole like noticing different edits on things he's a he's a big uh engineer sound engineer and stuff and so since i was a little kid i've always watched him edit and seen his frustrations and like <laughs> seeing how he goes from really loving it at some point to like really hating hating it you know like especially with bands like he'll he'll record a band and like he's like yeah this is great this is really good and then two weeks later he's like i am so sick of this <laughs> not listen oh, to it anymore it's the same way with doing music videos i've i've been fortunate to to do a couple of music videos for some you know some in, you know indie band friends of mine and uh you know when you when you listen to the song at first and you start planning out the shoot you're like oh this is a great song we're gonna do this it's gonna be awesome and then you film it and you're kind of in the filming mode so you don't really notice the song at the time you're so focused on the shots mm -hmm. and then you get to editing 
and you hear the song over and over and over and over and over again. You know, and it's not even like you listen to the whole song. You listen to a small snippet. Right. Like five times in a row just to get the shot right. So you, know, you know every lyric to every song, every note to everything. Every nuance. <laughs> every absolute nuance. And then you can't oh, hear man. the song without picturing the visuals and the edit that went into it. So right. and then you get tired of the song. So then you walk away from it. And eventually you can come back to it and say, no, you know, what? it was a good song. We kind of enjoyed it. It was fun. Right. But it, the process of it is mind numbing at times, but yeah. rewarding nevertheless. Yep. I feel like with podcasting, that's that's why I like podcasting so much, because it's a little easier to edit Mm -hmm. um than say music or something like that when mm -hmm. i did my own music i would get so so um over the top ocd about things you know because i i do a lot of stuff on my own so i'll record drums on my own and record guitar and all that stuff and like especially with drums i'd listen to them be like oh man you could you could hit the snare there one more time or, or you could add another little hi-hat fill there or something and ju i just got too much in my head and then i listened to it way too much <laughs> and uh yeah and updating it <laughs> and and that's hard too like when you when you're in there recording a song you know it's like you want to put the everything into it you know no matter how much it takes like i my first band we recorded an album sorry we recorded a cassette i'm gonna date yeah. myself here we recorded yeah. a cassette back in uh 95 i think and, my first cassette was 99 <laughs> uh, i felt my bones start to get old there for a second but um yeah, you know, and it was one of those things where we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna double the guitars here. We'll layer it, and you know, you know, you we're gonna add a, an electric bass line, but we're also gonna have add an upright bass line as well. We'll double that and just for extra chunk. And it's like, and then you listen to it and didn't remember it's on cassette. And yeah. It's like all that work you put into it. It's like it doesn't quite translate to these speakers, you know. No, but <laughs> I remember the uh, I had a. It was a double-sided or a tape deck, a dual tape deck. Mm -hmm. and so I'd record one instrument with this tape, move it to the next tape, play it, and then have another blank tape and record another instrument over it. So by the end of it, I was probably seven tapes deep. And like everything was so muffled by the end because it's just constant over-record, you know? And yeah. it worked, but it was bad. <laughs> and and the, the, the downside, too, is that, you know, when you're editing audio, you usually put your headphones on. But then you mm -hmm. realize that... You know, the headphones can be really overcompensating. You know, the difference between music and and vocal or or even with a podcast, you know, intro music and, you know, your voice, it sounds fine on headphones because everything is, you know, when you when you listen to a really good recording on a good set of headphones, you're going to hear parts of the song that you don't normally hear when it's just like in the car. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. So when you're listening on headphones, you're like, oh, it sounds great. And then you 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 upload it or you listen to on regular speakers. I'm like, I can barely hear myself over my theme music because it sounded right. fine. The headphones, it doesn't sound fine on speakers. When we did that that cassette back in 95, we we did what we called the crap test. Yeah. <laughs> so we we do the 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 mix in the studio, right? You know, listen to one of the good speakers, you know, all 24 tracks available to us kind of thing. And then we'd dump it down to a cassette mm -hmm. and we'd hop into our singer's little crappy hatchback. Yeah. You know, was it a Metro? Know, it was a Geo Metro, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised it made it from gig to gig sometimes. But, yeah. but, and we would pop it into his speakers and we, and we had 
we played a bunch of stuff on those speakers. Like it, those speakers, you know, were well loved and probably begging for mercy by the end of the car. <laughs> but, you know, and we would go listen to his car because if it sounded good in his car, then you knew it was going to sound good no matter who listened to it and how they listened to it. Right. So the, the crap test. That's uh, I've never heard it called that. I usually just call it the, the car test, but I like <laughs> crap test a little bit more because yeah, listen to it on crappy right. speakers and and it sounds good there. It'll sound good anywhere. Yep, um, for sure. Do you do you do that with podcasts? Do you go out and like listen to it on a in a car radio or on different speakers and stuff? I I when I'm initially setting up my levels, you know, it's you know, I'll listen to it on my speakers, but when it's just for for made you a mixtape it's there's the intro and then it's conversation all the way through and then just like little outro music at the end so once mm -hmm. i get past the intro and i know everything's fine um i'll just listen on headphones because i'm just at that point i'm actually listening for myself now because everything of course is recorded on two different channels if i take a sip of water the last thing i want is for someone who's listening to it on really good speakers to hear me gulp <laughs> the water afterwards so i will literally like drop myself down and spe and specifically only sip water while the guest is answering their question. You know, mm -hmm. so you know, if I don't listen on the headphones, I don't hear that. And I'm sure anyone who is listening to it on regular speakers wouldn't hear it either. But if someone's listening to it on good headphones, I don't want them to hear me gulping water. Yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those weird things. My other podcast, it's not that bad. You know, there's parts I, where. Uh... I need I had just I was just doing like research today and found that and I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I love this idea. <laughs> so so when we do, you know, the tease at the beginning, mm. you know, which is just kind of like the intro to you know to the show and whatnot with a with a little preview of what we're gonna talk I about. It. I love you it because you always end it with, and you know what? It's not that bad. <laughs> right. Che cheesy, cheesy writing all the way through it. Right. But yeah. then even when we get to the trailerized part, you know, so I want to make sure that the music and the, and the sound comes through, you know, and of course I crank the reverb on the vocals on the trailerized because I want it to sound like that, that epic voice guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Not epic mm -hmm. voice guy from honest trailers, just like, you know, epic and with, you know, guy with a voice. Right. So that I'll listen to on regular speakers. But then again, afterwards, it's just just talking voices, just disembodied voices with nothing underneath it. So then I'll put the headphones back on so I can listen for, you know, water swallowing or occasional belches because I may right. drink a beer while I'm podcasting. Right. Or the the breathing. I've had a couple of guests where they're just breathing into the mic and I'm like, oh, God, I go through <laughs> every little thing here and take out those breaths. Yeah. But I'm but I'm really picky, too, on the filters, too. Like I've got at least four filters on every mic in post okay just because just because i can't listen to it flat right now i've got what, i've got uh, it what, what program are you running so when i'm doing major mixtape because it's video as well i use premiere okay now, and then for um for it's not that bad everything's through audition because it is audio only okay. um so with it's not that bad you know the microphones themselves they've got you know noise compression or, you know, because they want to get rid of that that computer fan noise. You know, there's yeah. a graphic equalizer on there. There's a slight bass boost, you know, in case I need to put a high pass filter in if the if the fan is running a little loud in here. And then there's a hard limiter. 
know, and that's on two channels. Um, and then there's a mastering as well, because I want a slight bit of reverb, but not too, too much. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put a hard limiter on the master as well. So when both people are talking or silly things happen, you know, it's not going to blow out the listener. Right. You know, same thing with made you a mixtape. You know, I'll, I'll have those effects on. Um, although I find I don't need noise compression that much because everything's through zoom and zoom kind of noise compresses as well. So you're, if you start, if you noise compress noise compression, you know, you, you, you have no dynamic in the voice. So right. it's just one of those things. Yeah. That's uh it's funny with, with podcasting. Cause that's such a big deal for, uh, I don't know if you listen to sudden, but inevitable, but Jesse and I um, were kind of on that same wavelength of sound. Like we need things to sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever find yourself listening to podcasts that maybe don't sound that good? And you're like, Oh God, I just can't, I just can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Um, anyone who creates anything, you know, regardless of quality, there's, I'm not necessarily listening to the sound quality. I'm picky about my, my sound quality and how, mm-hmm. you know, the product that I put out sounds because, you know, that's just me. But even someone who's, you know, just sitting there with a with a, a blue Yeti in the middle of the kitchen table and there's just four guys sitting around, you know, having a few laughs and, and just talking about random stuff, I'll still listen to it because in that, regardless of sound quality, there are people with a passion to create something. And regardless of how it sounds, regardless of the quality, you know, I get inspired by people who have the will and the, the the passion to create something and put it out there into the world. Right. Regardless of how good it sounds, regardless of the mic quality, regardless of the equipment that they have. If you have, you know, the gumption, you know, the determination to be able to put something out there and put yourself out there, you know, that's passion. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. So all these podcasts that are out there, I, I don't care how they sound. You know, what I care about is that there's a passionate person behind a microphone and they're putting something out there for the world to enjoy. Right. That's, that's inspiring. And I feel like that's, you can kind of tell sometimes when, when that passion isn't there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that I I listen to to so many different freaking podcasts, but there's not really ever one that I'm like, Oh my God. You know, there've been a couple where you can just tell that they're like recording a podcast in their car with the window down. And I'm like, (laughs) no, this, this will not do, but, but you're right. As long as there's some sort of, like you said, passion, then I'm, I'm all for it. Um, what about, what about like music wise? I, (laughs) as a musician, (laughs) there are some times where I I can't like, I, I love everyone that writes music. Um, but I, and I guess it's not like that. I won't listen to it. I, I can't help myself, but, give advice do you ever have those things where you're like hey man this is really good but maybe you should try doing this or something like that no 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 i i I cannot and will not put myself out there to be able to to give someone advice on how to create music or how to record music and i say that i say that because what they've created sounds good to them that's their vision of how they think it should sound you know so who am i to be able to tell them you know no, maybe you should tweak it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their vision. That's that's their baby, right? Yeah. It, it it would be like for me to someone sit there and say, "Oh, I like it because I play bass guitar," right? And it's like, "Oh, 
I you know I like the way you you play this, but maybe you should try it like this. No, no, they wrote it that way. Right. They wrote it that way, or they decide, or they learned to play it that way. It works for them. Yeah. You know, it would be it would be like if someone came up to me and said, "Hey, you know what? You know, your podcast is okay, but maybe you should ask these questions, or maybe you should do this, or maybe you should change the name of the show." Yeah. No. No. It was. This was the idea. This is what this this is what makes me happy to be able to put this out in this way. And you know, if you don't like it, tune out. You know, if you right. like it, great. Come along for the ride. This is the way it's going to be. Right. Um, and speaking of the name, made you a mixtape. Um, I I went into the show last week thinking, okay, you know, starting my research, thinking, okay, uh, he's he's making mixtapes. You know, he's he's making <laughs> mixtapes and and doing that sort of thing. But it is so much more than that. And I've absolutely fallen in love with your show. You uh. You just interviewed, or your last show was with um, Playlist Wars. I love Brian Colburn, guys. yeah. Those guys are awesome. I love them. I um, actually just recorded with them earlier this week uh, nice. for an episode on their show. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. What can I ask? What? Uh, what? Oh, they, they've, already, they've, already, put, they've already put it out there. We're talking Anthrax. Okay. Oh, okay. we we are going straight metal with Anthrax. anthrax. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have to check that one out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love those guys, but but you've had a lot of other really amazing guests, and it's it's not all just about music. That's kind of why I asked you if you were like a sports fan because you've had a lot <laughs> of sports guests on there. You've had a lot of authors. You've had um, a lot of classical classical musicians, like all all sorts of different things. So, what what is the like the, what what is the name? mean to you for that show because to me obviously it was way different thinking it's just a mixtape but but it's got to mm-hmm. mean something way different to you a lot of it comes in and i never really say it this way but in my head it's kind of it's it's where the the, the emphasis is on or the emphasis is on the uh, on the way you pronounce the the title you know you say made you a mixtape but it's made you a mixtape because at the end of every show, oh. I ask I ask everyone the same question. If you had to introduce yourself to a total stranger, but instead of saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, you hand them a tape. And on that tape are songs that tell the story of you. Yep. Why are those songs on that tape? Or what songs are on that tape and why are those songs there? Mm-hmm. You know? And the whole basis is you learn a lot about someone by the songs that they feel they identify with. You know, I, I could yeah. sit there, I could sit there and ask a musician, well, what inspires you, right? Who, you know, who do you listen to that inspires you? But if you ask them specifically for a song that means something to them, that, that reveals a lot more and it gets, you know, it gets to the core of the person, you know, and regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, what, and that's why I can have anyone on that show. Right. Because it's not just a music show. Yes, I have musicians on there, and I've had some musicians that I am huge fans of on there. I've been very, you know, very blessed to be able to have some of the musicians on there. Uh, one of them, one of the earlier episodes, uh, was a guy by the name of Ken Tizard. Uh, now, he mm. is the bassist for a uh, Canadian band, The Watchmen. Now, and he also uh, played bass for uh, Thornley. I don't know if you guys know Big Wreck down there. Mm, Probably I not. I don't think so. But anyways, bassist for The Watchmen. And what he doesn't know, and I never told him, you know, because I didn't want to fanboy out, was that me as a bassist, all musicians have what what I like to call noodle tunes. 
know, mm-hmm. when they're sitting there waiting for sound check or just sitting there waiting for the show to begin or something like that, they'll they'll noodle something that kind of speaks to them. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of my biggest noodle tunes has been a song from the Watchmen called All Uncovered. It's this it's this really, really like gorgeous bass line in that song. You know, and here was the guy who wrote that bass line on my show talking about his you know, and the album he was he was promoting uh, uh, all together now it's a it's a gorgeous album like if you ever have a chance to listen to Ken Tizzard's all together now like just it's a cover it's a co- or sorry it's an album of covers but there's like 44 different musicians on it everyone recorded independently you know it's just such a such a passion project and you can hear the passion in it so for him to be on the show it's like oh my god i get to talk to this guy whose song i noodle you know while waiting for the drummer to mic their drums, you know, almost every time. So right. it, was, it was like that. That was kind of a fanboy moment. You know? But you can have anyone on there. I had yeah. uh, I had Peter Klein's on there, sci-fi author, and it was just one of those things where I had stumbled on his books. You now uh, he wrote this five uh, five book series called the X Hero series. He's written other books, but the X Hero series it's it's like the Avengers meets the Walking Dead. Okay. It's a, it is a phenomenal. Like if you if you like superhero fiction and you happen to like zombie stuff as well, his five book X Hero series is phenomenal. And he came on and we and we were just 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 shooting the crap the entire time. But it was a very comfortable interview. And then to you know to to be able to ask him about his writing process. Does he have music in it? Does he associate music with his characters while he's writing? Does he kind of create a soundtrack? for them and then to hear the music that kind of got him to that point you learn more about the author that way you know yeah. i had a feng shui consultant on you know <laughs> talking about that you sit there and laughing but think about no, it I, that's, it, that's it, just, the I'm, idea i'm laughing because it's amazing like that's yeah. that, there's just so many and it was, so a, Colo- it was a colorado do. based feng shui consultant and you know who, who? <laughs> <laughs> her name was Erin. Erin D. Lander. Um, she's from uh, Much okay. Love Interiors. And the whole concept, you know, my my approach to the interview was if feng shui is supposed to be creating harmony in a room through furniture and design, how do you equate, fun, you know, harmony in a room to harmony in a song? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I yeah. my, my wife kind of jokes question. around with me that she has a counter going for every interview when every time I can get someone to say, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> now, if I can get someone to say that, because I actually don't write a single question down. Wow. When I'm interviewing someone, I've got that, my. That was that was one of my questions that I had written down right here. <laughs> <laughs> I I I have my notes, right? Mm-hmm. I have I have my research notes because, especially if I if I'm trying to get something exactly right, I had uh, I had an author on uh, Marissa Miller taught in her book, uh, pretty weird, and there's a a long subtitle for it as well so i wanted to make sure that when i got that i had that bang on and occasionally i'll look down my notes just to double check my own facts before we kind of get into it but i would rather the the podcast be more of a conversation and if i'm just asking question after question it means i'm not listening right you know but if the question if the next question bounces off of what we were just talking about it's it it it's a fluid conversation. Occasionally, you know, when you kind of feel that the that part is done, then you kind of move on, you know. But you know, 
the conversations occasionally bounce around because of that, because there's no flow of questions, because there isn't a single question written down. That's it. You know, it's just me getting a chance to talk to someone about their life story and eventually about music. Yeah, for sure. Um, gosh, that's that's so funny because I have all these things written down and you basically answered a bunch of those questions that I have right there in that paragraph. Um, but on that topic of people making mixtapes at the end of the shows, like you, you like you said, you have a bunch of guests that make make their own personal mixtape. What would be your mixtape? I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> I knew it. I have been dreading this moment because you know because my, my wife would say so what's on your tape i'm like i don't know i don't know so i, I started to kind of go through a couple songs just to, songs that i thought you know if if i was in that position you know okay so 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 here's my mixtape you know i don't have anything written down here so i'm just gonna go off, the, okay. off the, okay um <laughs> so the first song i'm gonna put on there is transmission ends by krista berg it was off the. Uh, I, I gotta was... write these down so I can listen to them. To be honest, with you. <laughs> uh, well, you won't find this one on Spotify because that's one of those albums from a from an artist that isn't on there, which surprises me because it's such a good album. But when I was kind of growing up, my mother had this corner in the room where the stereo was set up and uh, all the vinyls there and the cassettes there and i lost track of how many days i would just sit in the chair that was sit that was beside the stereo with the headphones on and just listening to albums and she was a big christopher fan she was a big christopher fan and that kind of influenced my early music listening but the man on the line album front to back when i say christopher people are gonna be like oh lady and red guy Lady in Red's his worst song. Okay. <laughs> but, no. Personal opinion, Lady in Got Red it. is his worst song. Man on the Line. That it was the first concert I ever saw. And the the that the, that song at the end, transmission ends. You know, most albums start great. But how do you how do you stick the landing at the end? And mm. transmission ends to me is actually one of the best songs to end an album on that I can think of in any memory. You know, it, it's a great album. It was it, that was my gateway into, and that's what I kind of think why I like songs that have a bit more of a story telling bit to it. Plus, he still puts on a great show. Kristen Berg still puts on a phenomenal show to this day, and he's still putting out albums. Like nice. you think about how long ago, you know? Yeah, what well, Lady like, in Red was early '80s, maybe. I think I think about '86, '86, '87 ish, right? Okay. Man on the Line, I think, was if I remember correctly, was the album before that. So okay. around 84. And he's still putting out albums That's today. Um, love that about musicians that can continue to write music and write good music even oh, know, absolutely. 30, 40 years after their big hits. I think that's just, that's talent. You know? well, I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time, Candlebox, you know, out, of, out of Seattle, you know. 93 comes around they've got far behind and that gets played everywhere they're still together today they have a new album coming out this month and the one they put out a couple of years ago uh disappearing in airports my opinion possibly their best album ever i'm gonna get back into them now thanks for reminding me <laughs> I, I love seeing new band or not new bands but old bands coming out with new music you know because they always change um and I, I, you know, a lot of people like to say that, oh, they changed too much. I don't like it anymore. But I'm a huge 
fan of when bands go in a different direction and go write something they want to write, you mm-hmm. know, instead of being stuck to that that stereotype of, you know, your typical grunge metal or whatever it is. Um, I, I really enjoy that. I'm going to put on next um, Speak from Queensryche off of the uh, not the not the studio version. The Operation Live Crime version. You you might remember Queens, right? Seattle band um, from their big hit, Silent Lucidity. I'd have to listen to it. It's it's very Pink Floyd-esque. Anyways, okay. 1988, they put out this concept album called Operation Mind Crime. Hmm. And, you know, later they put out Operation Live Crime. So they did the whole concept album live. And I was, I'm, I'm still that guy who has to listen to white noise whether it's a, a tv show or whatever um, or a podcast right me too. Me right too. but i would love listening to live albums because i would always kind of picture myself on stage now i get to be on stage but i always used to picture myself on stage you know as part of the band and and the live album really really stuck and i don't know what it was about speak but that was one of those songs where it's like I needed to hear it live all the time. It was so good. That that Operation Live Crime album is maybe not the best live album out there, but it's up there. Yeah. It's definitely much up there. Um, I need to make sure to check that out because you're, you're giving me some good stuff that I haven't, <laughs> haven't necessarily heard a lot of. So <laughs> I'm excited to look at these. Um, I mentioned earlier about uh, lyrics playing an mm-hmm. important role. Um so next three songs, it's all about the lyrics and the messages in the song. Okay. Two of them are a little bit older and one's actually more recent. All right. The older ones, and again, both live versions. Uh, the first one is Dreams from Van Halen. Okay. Love a big chorus and sorry, Van Hagar. <laughs> um, but there's just something about the course of that song. You know, it's very uplifting. It's very kind of like that chase your dreams kind of passion. Uh, to the same token as well, uh, Marathon from Rush. Mm. But again, the live version from A Show of Hands. A, that is the song at its best. Rush live was phenomenal. Um, but if you listen to the lyrics, the entire song is about... You know, you'll get there. You'll get there. Just be patient, but you will get there. You know, life, life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a chase. It's a marathon. So you will get there eventually. And the third one, the more recent one, is a song uh, called True by a band called Amaranth. Scandinavian band. I've heard of that. I've heard of that one. <laughs> right. Right. So so you maybe you know the song, true. And the entire song, especially the video too, it's literally about chasing your dreams. I've been fortunate enough that in my years of existence that you know <laughs> that was that a was that an edit? Did I hear a beep there? That oh, was no, that, that was very much uh, you know, where's where's the time delay button there? <laughs> that that was the radio edit. <laughs> yeah. Beep. That's literally the Kid Rock song where it goes radio edit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but every, I have been fortunate to be able to literally live a life doing the things that I've always dreamed about doing. I'm ridiculously blessed to be able to do that. Um, I know not everyone is, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to do what I love to do 
as a career. I, I haven't really worked a day in my life because I'm doing what I love to do. So, you know, songs like that are very, you know, passion provoking, if you will. Yeah. I know you were, uh, talking, God, that's, I was just listening to that episode where you were talking to the, uh, what is his name? Lois? Roger Lois? Roger Lejoie. Lejoie. You guys Mm -hmm. were talking about that, that same exact stuff. And he was, he had a very good point on all of that about, you know, some people say you, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, but you still got to earn that money. <laughs> it's um, very true. It is very yeah. true. And I, I, I liked that conversation. That was, that was a really good episode for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. When, you know, when I started, I, I actually started volunteering at a community oh. cable station in Ottawa, you know, so like I was 13, 14 years old and I was behind the camera on live television shows, not Whoa. in front of, we wanted people to watch. You know, right. but but behind the camera, working the camera or working the audio board or actually sitting in the director's chair. You know, so literally from the age of 13, 14, I have been involved in television production. Wow. And I'm not going to say what year because, again, I'm four years old. So, you know, We're it's one say of the 36, right? Oh, God, I love you. No, <laughs> we'll keep it at 36. It's all good. We won't, we, I won't correct you. Because you're way off, but I won't correct you. Um, we look a day over 37. Uh, okay, okay, we're getting a little closer, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep it at 37. No, no, <laughs> realistic, realistic, I'm 46. Oh, I'm 46. I've, I'm turning 47 this year, so and it's, that's nothing. It is nothing. I have sisters that are your age, <laughs> but, but that, but that's the thing. You think about it, right? I'm this age, and you know, I just started podcasting this year, so that it's something that I, I, it's like, okay, this is fun. I'm going to do this. Right. And that's the thing. I've lost track of the number of times I've had a guest on the show where I ask them, you know, what would you say to someone who wants to be in your position or at least wants to at least, you know, think about going down that road? What would you say to them? I've lost track of them times. Someone says, just do it. Yeah. Do it and figure it out along the way. You know, it's probably going to suck at first, but you'll figure it out along the way. And on the way, that journey fulfills you on the way that journey makes you more complete yeah because if it was if it was if it was huge off the top you wouldn't appreciate the journey right you know it's small baby steps all the way through just enjoy it doesn't it doesn't matter what measurement or analytic or whatever you take a look at doesn't matter did you make something yeah that's awesome yeah that i I love that piece of advice. I've been, uh, and the, I, I got a memory on my Facebook a couple days ago, about a week ago. And it was, I'm going to start a podcast next week. Who wants to come <laughs> talk with me? That was five years ago now. And like you said, baby steps, I, I literally just did it. I was like, I can, I can do this. I have the equipment. I can, let's, let's do a podcast. Um, is that kind of how, how you started, um, made you a mixtape? Did you just go, I want to make a podcast. I'm going to do it. You know, I, I had kind of dabbled with the idea a little bit, um, but a lot of it kind of came from my oldest son. He okay. brought, he brought back a project, and it was, it was one of those things where he had to come up with three songs and explain why they meant something to him. You know, and you know, at that age, it's like, well, I like this song because it's in this video game. But it got <laughs> but it got me thinking, and that's really like I. I have my oldest son to thank for 
what became the genesis of the idea. Because I remember even saying to him, it's like, oh, you're just making a mixtape. And then all of a sudden, like, you could almost hear the, ah, you know, kind of going off in my head. Well, like, this is this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, your son just goes, what's a mixtape? <laughs> uh, and that's when I just shake my head and go grab my walker and, you know, <laughs> let, let, let him watch Stare his YouTube the videos. window <laughs> longingly, right? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But no, like, there was that. And then, like, I'm a huge movie buff. I'm a huge movie buff. And that's kind of where the, it's not that bad. Because I also... I, I, secretly love bad movies yeah okay yeah my 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 mother you know has has a love for bad godzilla movies and bad monster movies i remember you know watching movies like war of the gargantuas you know it's just so bad anything in japan with a with a dude in a rubber suit you know plowing through cardboard boxes yeah Yeah. but i mean i even remember my best friend and i we would we would go to the blockbuster or whatever the video store was at the time now and find we would pick movies based on the title alone wouldn't mm-hmm. even look at the back of the box that's how you know, you you end up with movies like stuff stephanie in the incinerator yes that in, was a, that as, was a movie that was a movie it was stuff, a bad stephanie movie in the incinerator okay okay yep but then the funny <laughs> thing is you know and and working behind the scenes as i do you know not in movies but at least in television and you realize that no matter what the output of, of the movie is, and no matter how the critics or the fan or the or the viewers look at it, there is, if you look hard enough, there are bits of gold in every movie that is put out. Now, I'd like to say sometimes that everyone or everything is someone's favorite. You know, you think Absolutely. of a podcast, you think of a podcast, every podcast is someone's favorite regardless of how many listeners they have, someone out there loves that show. Mm-hmm. Now, every content creator is somebody's favorite. Now, someone goes to that first. Now, doesn't yeah. matter, doesn't matter what you do. Does not matter what you do. You could be a YouTuber, you could be a TikTok star, you could be a podcaster, does not matter. Someone out there loves what you do and will come back to you every time. Man, you're 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 inspiring me so much, Jason. I, I love this. This is great. Um, I uh, kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> um, no, that's that's really good, especially for. I mean, as long as I've done this podcast five years, I've definitely had lots of ups and downs of like, ugh, I don't even. I just don't want to. I can't. I don't feel it anymore, you know. But but I love to make things, even mm-hmm. if it's. Even if it's garbage, even if I think it's crap, I still like to make things. And so those are, those are very, very good, you know, good pieces of <laughs> advice for people. Just do it and know that it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but it's going to be someone's cup of tea. Oh, know? absolutely. I mean, I, I remember the first movie I did for It's Not That Bad was Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. I, I, it's in my uh, playlist right now. I need to listen to it. <laughs> right? You know, and, and I, I just did that solo just to kind of get the feel for the show kind of thing. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I'm watching it. And uh, I'll be honest, the first time I watched the movie, I watched it for like the, the just literally the fact that it starred Debbie Gibson. Who's Debbie Gibson? I don't think I know who that is. 80s pop star Debbie Gibson. <laughs> 
Debbie yep. Gibson. So you're, lo you're looking it up right now, aren't you? I am. <laughs> you have to understand, like during the 80s, right, as far as like pop star, like, su you know, supremacy, it was Debbie Gibson and it was Tiffany. Oh, that, okay. that was it. Are you talking about Canadian pop stars? No, no, she's she's American. <laughs> really? This, this, okay. This is this is like world. Yeah, oh, right. Debbie, yeah. Debbie Gibson was huge. Jeez. Like, yeah. Where have I been? I know, right? <laughs> God. Let, let me put let me put it in perspective, and I and I say this in the podcast, so it's not like I'm revealing anything here. It's like the first cassettes that I ever got as Christmas gifts. I got two at the same Christmas. Okay, I okay. got Deb, Debbie Gibson's Out of the Blue which was like her first album. Okay. And I got Motley Crue's Show to the Devil. Ooh. One person got it right. I'll let you decide <laughs> who it was, right? But even still, like, you know, Debbie Gibson's album at the time was huge. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, there was a song on there that I liked kind of thing. So it made sense that I got the cassette. But, you know, hindsight, yeah, the Motley Crue was the better choice. But right. the, the fact that all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. 80s pop star idol that you know I watched the music videos of on much music up here in Canada. It would have been MTV down there for you guys. It's like, yeah, I and now she's in a movie with Lorenzo Lamas, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. And you just kind of shake your head and go, yep. But then you go through it. That's that's funny. You go through it and you sit there and go, oh, he was in this movie, and he's actually really good in this role. Like, even though the cinematography is not great, even the score was actually really good on that, all things considered. You know, and as much as you want to point out the fact that, you know, okay, it's it's a B movie with a B movie budget and the CGI looks it and some of it's just laughable. But even if it's laughable, it still made you laugh and you had a good time. Right. That's an hour and a half of a good time if you if you like watching something that's, you know, not necessarily that great. <laughs> you know, so whenever I have a guest on, you know, I let them pick the movie. Because to them, that movie meant something. And my wife has actually co-hosted on a couple of them as well. The, the Masters of the Universe one and Destiny Turns on the Radio. She picked Destiny Turns on the Radio. She was a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. And he's mm. in that movie. He didn't direct it. Didn't write it. One of, he was really young in that one though, right? Is that the... He signed on to star in that movie, I think about two weeks before he won the Palm Door. Oh, for Pulp Fiction. Okay. Okay. So that that puts that one kind of in that time frame. And I picked Masters of the Universe, right? Because, you know, 1987 rolls around and they're making a He-Man movie with the guy from Rocky Four. <laughs> yeah, like, they are. <laughs> and a young Courtney Cox. Oh, my goodness. You're right. Right. And keep in mind, too, that came out the year after her wow. her TV series Misfits of Science went off the air. And I, I watched Misfits of Science all the time. Obviously, Courtney Cox wasn't Courtney Cox at the time. She was just that girl in that Bruce Springsteen video, you know, mm -hmm. who got a TV, you know, to be on the TV show Misfits of Science. And then all of a sudden she's in freaking He-Man and Masters of the Universe. But there's actually a lot of good in these movies if you dig deep and look. At, don't come at it with the idea of like, oh, it's 3% on tomato meter. This must suck. Yeah. Go at it at the, at the, at the perspective of, you know what? People put a lot of hard work into this and I'm going to go in with an open mind looking for good things because it doesn't matter. Like the last, the last one that came out, John Carter, you know, the, the 2012 John Carter film, 
Mm-hmm. The it remake is... of the book, right? The Disney was it was yeah. the Disney one? Yeah, okay. the yeah the Edgar Rice Burroughs character, the, the same guy who created Tarzan, um, mm-hmm. first time coming to the big screen. Like John Carter was huge, you know, as far as a as a character goes. And the movie, if you took out the fact that it didn't make a lot of money at the box office, it's a good movie. It, it's a it was really a, good movie. It was a pretty good movie. It was overshadowed by some other things, I think, at the time of release. But well, it was the Avengers. Well, that And that's exactly what it was. It was a very well-made movie, though, for sure. And we kind of talked about that in the podcast, where it's like, you know, I, I kept on flashing back to Valerian. Mm. You know? Sci- Valerian. Yeah. <laughs> like, sci-fi films like that, you know, they come out and they have... There, there's, there's a cap. There is a cap to how many times people are going to go and watch because it has a very limited audience because it's very niche. You know, mm-hmm. the fifth element at the time, you know, wasn't a huge film, but it's become a cult classic. It's one of my you top know? favorite movies ever since it even came out. I saw that shit in the theaters, <laughs> right? Same director as Valerian. Yep. That's how right? I saw Valerian because of that. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's the fifth element guy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like Blade Runner 2049. Right. Mm-hmm. I went, I saw, I loved it absolutely loved it i thought that i thought it followed the source material per- like not source material, but like it played off of the first blade runner perfectly but again mm-hmm. it's there's a limit to the audience you know it's just it doesn't matter the box office does not define a movie you know the God. director doesn't define a movie you know and i'll, I'll give you a, a little sneak peek like next week's episode is the josh trank directed fantastic four Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, it's a... Uh, that is a controversial one for sure. Yeah. And yes, there was a lot of crap that kind of went on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But every movie has an MVP. And at the end of the show, everyone says who their MVP is. Because everyone sees things differently. Yeah. Mine would be Michael B. Jordan for that one, for sure. I Wasn't like mine. Jordan that one. No? Was not mine. Well, no spoilers. You got to go listen to... To it's not what was it? It's not that. It's bad. not that bad, and that and that's It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. But it's one of those things where, you know, go at something with a positive mindset, and you'll always see something positive. Yep, and that goes for I mean everything. Like I I know people that have gone to um, Avengers or a movie that I really loved, and the mass amount of people really loved, um, but hated it, and. I think a lot of it has to do with the mindset you go in. You oh, know, absolutely. If you're, if you're going in with a bad attitude, you're probably not going to like what you're watching. So um, I think that goes with everything in life. You know, it's it's like what I tell my staff at work. Oh, make sure to leave your crap at the door. <laughs> and it might be cliche or whatever, but it's, I mean, if you can just go into anything with a positive attitude, the first thing, if you think of positive thoughts when you wake up, usually your day is going to roll in that direction. There was a show on Netflix, and I can't remember what it was called right now, but it was one of those like social experiment type shows. And it was very much like they they brought a magazine out to like a mall. And, you know, it's, it's like a however many pages magazine, like like something you'd pick, you'd pick off the rack, right? Sure. And the, the whole thing was you've got 30 seconds to count the number of pictures in this magazine. And the people who went at it with a negative mindset said, I can't do it. There's no way this can be done. Couldn't do it. But the people with the positive mindset who went through it, 
you know, with, with, I'm going to do my best to get this done. It can be done if I just try hard enough. They were the ones who actually found, and if I remember correctly, there was a page in the magazine and there was a picture that said, there are 54 pictures in this magazine. <laughs> so brilliant. You, so if you come at it with a, with a positive mindset, you can sit there and say, you can figure out anything. That's why it's like, you know, if you're ever stumped on something, walk away. Walk away, go do something else for another two hours, come back at it with a fresh mind, and you will figure out the answer. It'll, it'll almost be like, like it's in front of you. How many times does something bug you through the night, and then you hop in the shower in the morning, and the answer comes to you right away? Oh, yeah. every time. <laughs> right? The, the, literally, all of the world's problems are solved in the shower. You know? Yeah. But because it's, it's, a, it's a fresh mindset. you got a good night's yeah. sleep. The mind had time to gestate on the idea, and then the, the answer pops up almost almost unprompted. Yeah. Man, that's a that's some sound solid <laughs> advice. I love it. Um and I think I think that's a great way to go into my lightning round. Oh, there's a lightning a, round. Excellent. I have a lightning round in our shows. Um where uh oh I'm sorry, I had one more thing that I wanted to ask you okay. about it's not that bad. Are you ever going to do episode two, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars, or <laughs> Last Jedi? You know what's funny? I took a first of all, I usually kind of pick the movies based on the um, the Rotten Tomato score. Okay, okay. You know, and I mean, as far as Attack of the as far as Attack of the Clones go, um, no, it's not that bad. It, it, I, it's it's a world better than Phantom Menace. I'll give that, and CGI definitely holds up a lot better than Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because as much as I love Star Wars, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan, like I lost track of the number of times <laughs> I've watched every single Star Wars movie. <clears throat> and it's just, it's Star Wars. It's familiar. Yeah, mm -hmm. the dialogue between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen is not necessarily good. <laughs> right. But, and it, it's... Every now and then, an actor pops up in a movie and not just not steals the show, but legitimizes everything else around that character in that movie, right? And that's Ewan McGregor. Agreed. Ewan McGregor is literally the glue of the entire prequel trilogy. He was amazing as Obi-Wan. Just as much as Alec Guinness really legitimized the very first Star Wars film, you know, uh, New Hope, you know, especially because we're talking Sir Alec Guinness here. Right. right? He was like the star. <clears throat> Aside from what Peter Cushing, I think those were the two stars that were in. Oh, movies. absolutely. I mean, yes, Harrison Ford was in American Graffiti. Yeah, but. <clears throat> and, and George Lucas didn't want to actually have him in there at first. He literally brought him in just to read with other people because he knew Harrison. I think Christopher Walken was in that list, wasn't he? Uh, Kurt Russell actually. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell read as as Han Solo, and yeah. you know you you saw some namers come in there, you know at least namers at the time to come in there and, and read for those roles, uh, but there was just a chemistry, you know, with Harrison, with Mark, with Carrie, and perfect casting at the time. And Hugh McGregor was Chef's Kiss casting as far as Obi Wan goes, all the way through. He brought 
he brought the charm, yet he also brought, you know, the sage wisdom that Obi-Wan showed eventually in A New Hope. Oh, and me chills. You know, and as, as, as much as people want to joke about Jar Jar, right? We could we could joke about Jar Jar till till the cows come home. But George Lucas's mindset was he was trying to make a movie for kids. Mm-hmm. And if you're making a movie for kids, then yes, Jar Jar is going to be there. You know, yeah. and just the whole you know, performance of Ahmed Best in like one of those original mocap kind of performances. Yes, he was tasked with with creating this character and the way they walked. And the whole idea is that, you know, they don't walk like us. You know, right. they are an aquatic creature. You know, they're not going to walk on land like everyone else, even though they do have kind of the, the, the same arm and leg type structure. So, yes, he's going to be a bit more exaggerated. He's going to be a bit more, I mean. Awkward. Yeah, awkward, not, not necessarily awkward, but just different. You know, yeah. and that's 1999. We're 2021 now, and mocap is, is, is sheer perfection now. 1999, mocap was not. It was, that was pretty much the beginnings of it, right? I think mm-hmm. uh, between episodes one, two, and three, they, they really perfected mocap and green screen as and, far as like what they use today and if you think about what star wars was you know as far as originally like the first screener of star wars wasn't complete you know so when they got to the dogfight scenes they, they had inserted just clips from you know like world war ii dogfight scenes like here you know here, here's the message like here's all these you know these british and german planes fighting each other in star wars but they're used as placeholders. Star Wars, the original trilogy, was basically the launch pad of industrial light and magic. George Lucas has always been very much, you know, of the technological mindset. You know, so as much as you sit there and go, well, the CGI doesn't hold up from Phantom Menace. And no, it doesn't. But they the CGI made that the, CGI. <laughs> exactly. You saw the progression. And if you think about it, even like the third yeah. one, you know, Revenge of the Sith. The fact that the movie starts in that massive space battle over over Coruscant, that was brilliant. Like, that's like, this is what I want to see. It's like the difference from the opening of the first Terminator, speaking of directors who like their technology, James Cameron, to the opening (laughs) of the second of T2, the difference in like the the, the post-apocalyptic, you know, battle scenes. It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, the technology is there to make it look that much better. You know, right. And yeah, the difference between one and three, you see the progression that ILM was able to create for those movies. Yeah, and they continue it to this day with Mandalorian. They started with that screen that they use for their backdrop. I can't remember what they call it right mm-hmm. now, but um, that they just use a giant screen for their with a bunch of LED lights that actually portray a backdrop. And that's now being used in bigger movies, but it was first made on a Star Wars set. So... Star Wars has always been huge as far as progressing filmmaking, I feel like. Well, I think a lot of that, too, is is Christopher Nolan's influence. Even though he's not involved with Star Wars, Christopher Nolan relies on practical effects. You know, if you take a look at Inception, there was a ton of practical effects. The exploding fruit scene, that was was actually going (laughs) on, right? Yeah. And and even with the Dark Knight uh, trilogy that he did, right? A lot of that is practical. The semi was real. Mm-hmm. They flipped that whole semi. Oof, you're you're absolutely right. 
That, yeah, that so, makes sense. So the trend at that point is to make it look not CGI, make it practical so it feels more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, uh, again, Star Wars has been good with that. But if you ever do want to do a It's Not That Bad show on episode two, I will gladly come on that with you. I am literally going to take my book here. Okay, <laughs> This is my book. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Attack of the Clones, Josh is going to come on. You you heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah. And that's funny. I was just on Cheap Seat Reviews a few months back, and we talked about episode two. And I will will parade that movie around because I always really liked it. Aside from, like you said, the dialogue of Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, that movie still has some amazing scenes that, man, it's just, as a huge Star Wars fan, like I can't, that's, one of the good ones <laughs> but it's, it's funny though because attack of the clones to me you know and of course obviously we're gonna i guess we're gonna spoil any of you are gonna come on it's not that bad um was really the point where you know if you mcgregor embodied obi-wan attack of the clones was the time when natalie portman really embodied what carrie fisher brought to the role you know episode the two, woman absolutely episode two is where natalie portman got her badass on and mm-hmm. that was great which, is, which I think is why the 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 sappy dialogue scenes didn't play well because here's where Natalie Portman becomes, you know, becomes the mother of Princess Leia, right? Right. This is where Princess Leia got her strength from. Not sappy, you know, you know, sand gets everywhere, you know, with Hayden Christensen. It's it's I'm going to stand in the middle of the arena with a laser pistol and fire at these at these aliens that are trying to kill us. That's yeah. where that's where Princess Leia got her strength from. Yep. Well, and I mean, I don't know. There's so many different things you could talk about with with why. I mean, the chemistry between Hayden Christensen and, and Natalie Portman might not have been that good. No. The dialogue that George Lucas wrote probably wasn't that good. And what they had is probably what they made off the top of their head because they were like, "Oh, George, come on, man." <laughs> <laughs> there, it's it's funny. There's. What you say about dialogue? I was reading today about a movie. I think it's James McAvoy that's coming out, and they didn't give him a script. The entire movie is him, like everyone else around him is scripted. He's improving the entire thing. His 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 performance is improv reaction to the scripted things that are happening around him. And I love James McAvoy. I think he's phenomenal. This intrigues me. It yeah. absolutely intrigues me. Definitely. You know, I'm gonna... how, however it does at the box office, however the critics look at it, this intrigues me. Got to look it up and see what what it's called so I can... Uh, it's called My Son? Uh, yep. Cool. I'm intrigued as well. I, I will <laughs> absolutely check that out. Um, he was he was my favorite uh, Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> he really he really owned that role. Yeah. I, I was I was I mean first class maybe not so much but of course that this is a pre you know very much a pre Professor Xavier right Charles Xavier like his, right his younger days yeah but yeah if you think of like no one's going to be able to pull off a Patrick Stewart pulled off right guess what <laughs> he James McAvoy just said hold my beer yep and he did a great job with it too because because he still was wise, like a Patrick Stewart would portray, but he was also that kind of young, dumb, mistake-making kid that Professor mm-hmm. X obviously would have done when he was younger. So 
it cool. also kind of it also humanized out. Professor X, I think, which was kind of cool. Yeah, gave him a little bit more of a a backstory. I know there was a lot of people that didn't didn't like those. Another prequel trilogy that got panned by a lot of fans, but I really enjoyed that first class um, trilogy of X Men. Yeah. Not so much. I didn't like the Phoenix one. That one was a little. I don't know, man. A little too much. Stop jumping decades. You it's, don't need to. I, yeah, that's, you know, and stop putting movies in the wrong decades. <laughs> but Fossbender. Fossbender Brilliant. is Magneto. Yeah. I I like him anyway. I think I think he's great. Um, between Fassbender and Benedict Cucumberbatch, that's what I like to call him. But mm, yes. between, between those two, there's some of my, my favorite... Um, I like to call them the uh, the manly actors. You know what See, I mean? See, I'd be with that, but you got to throw David Tennant in there. Okay. All right. I, yep. I guess maybe. Yeah. Yep. Jessica Jones. <laughs> Jessica Jones does not work if David Tennant isn't perfect as the villain. Holy cow. He, oh, he was so good. I. You know, it's funny. I was just talking about that show and how I want to rewatch it just because of that villain. Because he was mm-hmm. so mysteriously... Oh, it was the grotesquely. (laughs) And the funny thing is, the character of the purple man. Yes, he's all purple. So I think you know, design wise, they they worked out well. But you know, even in the cartoons, right? The the voice of the purple man was done by Brent Spiner. No way, Dana. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) So it's one of the things where it's like you know, he has that. And when Brent Spiner puts on like the evil villain voice, Mm. oh my god. It, it's like data went bad, like lore, but like way but worse, <laughs> yes. more, more evil lore, right? That's excellent. David Tennant just literally danced onto the set of Jessica Jones, stole every scene and ate up the scenery. Yep. It's like every episode you wanted to see more of him. You're like, I don't care oh. about Jessica. Bring, bring in, uh, bring in the purple man. Come on. <laughs> But to the same token as well, I think they cast Jessica Jones perfectly as well. Kristen Ritter Absolutely. was, was yep. like, and it's funny too because when they cast her in, I remembered her from Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, which, okay. which, as far as sitcoms go, one of my four, one of my bad. more favorite sitcoms of the past decade. But you know, to sit there and say we're going to put her in this dark take of a Marvel character, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I remember her in Breaking Bad. That was the first time I really saw her. She was. Uh... She was a little bit darker of a character in that show. Well, but. truth be told, I've never actually watched Breaking Bad. Not one. That's episode. okay. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of a it's a hard watch sometimes. Um, it's it's definitely a, a gut wrenching property. Um, it's if you ever if you ever get you know muster up the courage to watch it, it is a great <laughs> show. Brian Cranston is brilliant as um, what would you call it? I guess he's kind of a hero but he's kind of a villain uh he's the anti-hero kind of thing yeah yeah uh but he ends up just turning into that villain by the end and it's he, he does a masterful job in that i know so. i i i still wish they had cast brian cranston as lex luthor oh <laughs> yes that's brilliant get oh, rid of jesse man. eisenberg brian Seriously. cranston lex luthor God, he like it is in Breaking Bad. He was Lex Luthor, just not as smart. <laughs> but that's so. the thing. But he could pull off. Like Lex Luthor needs to be the smartest guy in the room, no matter mm-hmm. which room he's in. Yeah. You know? And I didn't get that off of Jesse Eisenberg. No, he seemed kind of smart, but also like you kind of seem 
like a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, he he basically took you know the the concept of a you know slightly out there, not necessarily Steve Jobs kind of character, but you know you know tech tycoon billionaire, you know with a whole lot of quirk. But that's not the guy who eventually becomes president in the comic books, right? He was a he was a mastermind for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I, I could sit here and, and talk <laughs> comics and movies and Star Wars with you all night, but I uh, let's get to our lightning round. It's just Sounds a, good. It's, just a, it's a series of yes or no questions. I do this for every guest. Um, I actually still need to go through season one, and uh, well, I guess. Technically, it'd probably be like season nine, but I kind of rebooted the podcast. And so season one, I need to go through and count up all the lightning rounds. But that being said, all right. um, it's it's pretty easy. looks like, yeah, there's six questions. Um, I took one of them out because don't really need it on there. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of a between the people in the network. Um, you know, we got four or five different shows on our network and we all kind of got together and discussed these lightning round questions. So, all right. You ready? All set. So it's just yes or no answers? It's it's this or that question. Okay, this perfect. So Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Tool or Blink-182? Tool. Mm. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? <sighs> you know, I have to say Harry Potter. Okay, okay. Firefly or The Mandalorian? Mandalorian. Yeah. If it's Star Wars over Star Trek, it's Mandalorian over everything. <laughs> Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles? Ooh. As much as I love, you know, like the the, the Japanese monster in a big rubber suit. But then again, you got the Ninja Turtles. Oh. I, I guess it depends on what version of the Ninja Turtles. If, you, if you're talking the like original 80s, cartoons, I was going to say cartoons. 80s cartoon pizza loving Ninja Turtles, then yes, absolutely. If we're talking hanging out with Megan Fox Ninja Turtles, maybe not so much. Or if we're talking Ninja Turtles that teamed up with Batman, then I'm in. So, so, so Turtles for you. I guess I could spice that question up and do the remake of Power Rangers or remake of Turtles. <laughs> Oh, at that point, I think I would, I, I would just beg for mercy and let me watch Japanese Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. One more. Super Nintendo or Sega? Oh. You know what? I got to go Sega. As, as, yeah. as, as cool as, you know, the... Um, as the games were on Super Nintendo. And you know, and I got a Switch, you know, and I and yeah, I've played the the Super Nintendo okay. games that are on the online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but NHL hockey on Sega. Like, you're talking 94? Well, 96. Oh yeah. uh, I think it was 94. Between 94 and 96 the answer is still yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, any NHL property on Sega was you lose yourself for days. You mm-hmm. absolutely lost yourself for days. And maybe that's the Canadian in me coming out, but NHL on Sega was the absolute bomb. I agree with you. Um, I actually just bought an NHL game. NHL, it's a, the newest one I've bought since probably NHL 2000 on 64 or something. But mm-hmm. uh, 2020, maybe, or maybe 2021, the, the latest version before the new one comes out. Right. But they actually have controls that you can select 
that are NHL 94 controls. See, that's what I like. And it's funny because I was, I was talking with another uh, with a buddy of mine who also hosts the, um, or co-hosts the autosave podcast. And in uh, full disclosure, we did the first half of the interview. And then I realized that I hadn't actually hit record. Yeah. 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 Thank God. Thank God. He's a friend of mine. Um, But it's one of those things where we were talking about, you know, the level of difficulty in doing all these combos, you know, in these sports games is kind of taking the fun away of the sports game. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to have, I don't want to look like, you know, one of the aliens in John Carter need four arms just so I can work the controller, just so I can shoot the puck. (laughs) You know, I want to hit X to pass and square to shoot, and that's pretty much it. Yep, that's that's what drew me, and I played that game NHL twenty one for weeks because they have pass and shoot. Yep, it was it's awesome. You no, know, and um, and and like circle to to check into the boards. That's pretty much how I want yeah. my you know, and and maybe it's just because you know I am forty six and I'm not as good as video games as I used to be. But to the same token, I mean, like my favorite video games are the turn-based strategy ones. Okay, you're talking like the the RPG, like Final Fantasy kind of stuff. Not necessarily Final Fantasy. My favorite, my favorite game of all time, and it's it's a deep cut of a one. Um, it's an old PlayStation One game. It's called Front Mission Three. Okay, I've never heard of it. It is turn-based, like hex-ish strategy, very similar to XCOM. Okay. But it's all like, it's a long game. Like it's 50 hours of gameplay until you realize that there's a choice you have to make early on in the game. So if you make the the choice A, it's 50 hours of gameplay this way. If you make choice B, it's 50 hours of gameplay this way. Uh, So, so it's infinitely replayable. Yeah. You know, and there's so much to it. And it's, it's sad because it was made by Square Enix. You know, okay. so it's so it's got a good developer behind it, but then you know because they and they made Front Mission Four for PlayStation Two, and then they kind of uh, I think Front Mission Five was only released in Japan, and then they did Front Mission Evolved for Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and that got away from the turn-based strategy game, which kind of pulled me out of it. Hmm. So now it's games like XCOM. Now it's games like Gears Tactics, which uh, which came out not that long ago, and that is that's a phenomenal turn-based strategy game now we've got this new marvel one that's coming out um was midnight suns i was just gonna bring that up and talk about it because i just heard about it today Mm -hmm. and it's made by this exactly it's made by firaxis which makes xcom and so so it will end up in my steam library and eventually get paid or played (laughs) sure sure um yeah i i was never big on those but i might try it out because it looks like a lot of fun it looks like the story is a lot of fun too i'm a big story guy um if the story is good in the game i'm playing it you know oh, absolutely I'm beating the crap out of it is what i'm doing like <laughs> i just picked up god of war the new god of war recently and uh that's all i think about <laughs> i know I'm, I'm still working my way through the single player mission on marvel's avengers so once i get through that then uh, i'm gonna move on to miles morales nice uh avengers is a lot of fun i will throw that in every once in a while and go through the online and you know, get some experience. That that game was a lot of fun, though. The story was incredible on that. I, I know there was a lot of, you know, blowback on it because, you know, oh, Captain America doesn't look like Chris Evans and Black Widow doesn't look like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, That's not well, how video games work. No. Unless it's a direct representation of that property. That's not how games work. So Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's not like, you know, 
anyone you know, looked at Scarlett Johansson and said, well, she doesn't look like Natasha Romanoff from the comic books. And if they did, right. well, she owned the role anyway. So, right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't know. Yes. Cumberbatch <laughs> looks like Doctor Strange. You know, right. RDJ looks like Tony Stark. Chris Evans yeah. is freaking Captain America. Right. They've done some phenomenal casting all the way through. You know, so it's, you know, yeah, the fandom needs to calm down and just enjoy things. That's what I say to all the Star Wars fans all the time. Calm down, <laughs> dude. You're 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 getting new Star Wars. That's way better than a lot of fans can say of their properties, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, like, was it uh Patty Jenkins is directing what Rogue Squadron or something like that that's coming mm-hmm. out? And yeah. you know, people are like, Oh yeah, well, did you see Wonder Woman 80, 84? I'm like, um, seen bits of it, but I also remember how everyone loved the first Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that the DCEU is, you know, trash. <laughs> I wouldn't say trash. <laughs> it's, not, it's not trash. No, I, I hated the way they went with it. They just they went too quick. I feel like um, they were trying to out Marvel, Marvel, and people right. like stop trying to make a universe and just right. get back to making films. Marvel has made their universe. I mean, I think that's why. Over oh, 20 years, it took a lot of time to get to where they are now. Too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if and if Iron Man didn't work, we're not here talking about, you know, Eternals and Shang-Chi and 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 whatever else and Moon Knight, whenever that right. series comes out, you know, right. like we're not talking about that. I don't even know if Disney buys Marvel if Iron Man doesn't work. Well, I I mean if Iron Man worked and it it made Thor and the first Captain America work because those movies weren't the most well received either. And but because of Iron Man and because they had that continuity and that Nick Fury character, you know, assembling a team, people were interested. Oh yeah. You know, there was there was there was a, a background interest that people were like, okay, this Thor movie might suck a little bit, but like I still want to know if he becomes an Avenger, you know. <laughs> and let let's be honest. That first Iron Man film made us change the way we watch movies because the idea of the post credit scene, any movie you go into now in the theater, you're waiting, you're waiting for a post credit scene. You're waiting yep. for someone to, I mean, if it's just like a, a, a rom-com or something like that, you're not waiting for a post credit scene. Right. Yeah. You know, but I went to go see free guy in the theater and I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm glued to my seat and it's a little side benefit. Right. Aside from the fact that, you know, it creates a world, it creates a universe kind of thing, but it forces you to sit and watch the credits and appreciate everyone who did everything on those movies. Yep. Now, that's why I hate watching them on TV because they'll blow through the credits. Yeah. Or they'll have the credits running at the same time as they'll play the, you know, the end credit scene just so you, just so they, you know, compressed for time. Right. Yeah. One of one of my favorite things about credits is the music. Um, going through and finding even as a little kid, I would watch through or I guess I wouldn't watch them all, but I would fast forward to the part where it would show me which bands were playing which songs and I could mm-hmm. go look them up and stuff. Um I've always been a soundtrack kid. Uh for whatever reason I I, I just love movie soundtracks. That's where I find a lot of my artists that I listen to now, you know. Oh, there are I I could point to so many soundtracks that had like one-offs from bands and then I had to go and check out the band. 
Yep. First one that comes to mind, and I'm and it sucks that the song is not on Spotify. Like I I have to go to YouTube just to hear the song. I mean, I could go grab the CD because I have it. It's Mission Impossible Two. Okay. And there's a song on there. Sorry. That was a good <clears> soundtrack. <throat> I had that soundtrack. <laughs> and there's a song on there called Karma from Diffuser. And, Holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> right. And they and they don't have that song. They they have one album from them on Spotify. Okay. And that song's and not on not there. It. Wow. No, that's always rough when you just want to hear that one song that you just want to hear and you can't do it. Oh, exactly. I mean, think about <clears throat> think about the bad movies from the you know, not necessarily bad movies. Last Action Hero is not a great movie. I don't know what it's you're not. talking about. I was like nine when that came out, and that movie was epic. <laughs> Go back and watch it now. It's not it's not the greatest of movies, but yeah. the soundtrack is killer. Okay. Right? The Craft, it's an okay movie. It's a killer soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Empire Records, that movie is, is the soundtrack. Singles, yeah. that movie is the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Even so, like uh, Underworld had a really good soundtrack back in the day. It Queen did. Of the Damned was one of the best soundtracks. Dracula 2000 had a good Dracula, soundtrack. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Judgment Night. Spawn. Yeah. Spawn was another Spawn. one. Spawn. For sure. For sure. The, that, that movie is a dumpster fire to begin with. <laughs> but the soundtrack is infinitely replayable. Yeah. For sure. Or the biggest one. The Crow, great movie, oh. great soundtrack. The second one. The, Didn't like even the, watch it. Right? <laughs> you know, the, the post-Brandon Lee, and I can't remember what it was called, right? Something of gold or something like that. Um, horrible movie. <laughs> horrible. But the soundtrack, you know, it's a little grungier than the first one, but... Mm still holds in some amazing songs from amazing artists on there. Heck yeah. Um, God, again, I, I could talk to you all night about all this stuff, but we're getting, it's about an hour and a half into the show. So let's, let's kind of wrap it up. You want to, you want to give me some, some plugs and maybe some, some shout outs or something for your shows and all that stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So for made you a mixtape, um, you can find me on Twitter at the M Y a M podcast. So it's basically the acronym you know, preceded by the, ended by podcast. So the MYAM podcast. Uh, I have got some phenomenal interviews coming up on this show. Um, I can attest to that. Right? Yeah. (laughs) September alone has some phenomenal ones. And uh, I just signed one up for October. It is a member of one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm not going to spoil it. But but as soon as I got the confirmation today, I'm just like, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to tone the fanboy down, but there's a lot there's a lot we're gonna talk about in that one. Um, so nice. I can't wait for you to hear that one. Uh, nice. And then uh, the other podcast is it's not that bad. Um, so looking at A grades in B movies, and you know frequently now co-hosted by my wife, we we come up with a full list of movies we're gonna tackle. But the thing with that podcast is, you know, if people want to come on and guest. I have no problem with that because it's a show, you know, by movie lovers for movie lovers. You know, so I always say at the, at the end of every show, if if there's a movie that you think is either you know, unfairly maligned or completely beyond redemption and you just want to torture us, either way, 
let you know let us know so you can find that one on twitter at not that bad cast uh and you can listen to them all on all your podcatchers you know whether it's spotify apple good pods definitely go listen to it on good pods because good, good pods, pods hq that's oh a, that's my god a place for sure love good pods i i mm-hmm. i can't even begin to tell you how much good pods has done so good for my little show like i, I can't even begin to say you know, i mean how i just, I just been... saw you you guys are at like number 55 or something on some charts i i i, right? I took a look at the top 100 shows you know and, and hit the indie only button because you know forget npr um right. and at one point uh on the screen you know made you mix it was like 55 and it's not that bad it was like 59 and nice. and the thing is it's like you know my listenership is not huge you know if you were to take a look at the actual analytics you know and anyone who just focuses on analytics you'd probably take a look at the numbers and go why the hell are you still doing this no one's listening but no someone's listening it shows on the good pods charts i'm actually really happy not just you know with the, the chance to interview really cool people or to talk really bad movies and find one of the good things in them because that's fun yeah. that is fun but people out there are enjoying it they are enjoying it. They're they're having fun with it. It's kind of like you know if I listen to Playlist Wars, right? I'm listening to because a, Brian and Gomez are phenomenal guys. B, every time I'm listening to, it, I'm like, but what about this song? But what about this song? So like their podcast has become very much play along, and mm-hmm. I hope that with Made You a Mixtape, people are going to learn more about these fascinating people or fascinating things and maybe kind of discover more. You know. Or with not that bad, I hope they go back and watch those movies with a with a different perspective and go, okay, you know what? Maybe I was just kind of piling on because everyone else said it was crap. Right. Right. Every movie that's that hits the screen or hits the DVDs, you know, it it mean it means something to somebody. Look at it with that perspective and you'll you'll find good things in it. Listening to the Twist My Arm Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash twist my arm podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Twist My Armcast or Instagram at Twist My Arm Podcast. Watch and chat live with us at twitch.tv slash TMA Games or youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast. To get everything all in one place or to book an appearance, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.